Hello and welcome to Integral Teaching, presented by teachingintothefuture.com. My name is Diane Walters, and I've got a series of podcasts based on what I call the unfinished lesson, leaving room for the students. Let's get right to it. The most important thing about teaching any grade level, but especially the tweenager, between 12 and 14, is to work with the play of offices, to connect that relationship with themselves and themselves in the world. If you really want them to understand and re-enliven chemistry, in this case, pH cycle, what are the best ways to engender and foster that connection is to look at what are all the acid reactions in us and what are all the alkaline reactions in the human being. I always start with food. And then I work with emotion. What are the acid and alkaline emotions in the human being, right? And then what's the polarities of self and world? I think a lot of teachers really work with teaching through the polarities. And grade seven chemistry is just one of them. But the children at that age really appreciate the black and white of the world. They just really want to understand the world. They don't want personal rendering of it. They want to live in the world, but they also want to be met on an individual level. So that's where gravity and levity comes in. You teach the gravity of what is chemistry? Why are we doing it? What is alchemy, the root word of chemistry? What is it? What are we playing with? And how are we putting it into different elemental modalities to change its substance into something else? That's the root of alchemy. It's metamorphosis and change. It's evolving. And the children are always metamorphosizing and changing. And between 12 and 14, those kids are, as I said, really going through their own acid and alkaline emotional upheavals with the hormones flying and diving all over the place. And so when you teach through gravity, you're giving them the truth about what can happen to lime when it's heated up and then put into water and it dissolves. Like, wow, that's a complete metamorphosis of substance. In combustion, you're taking something and burning it up and looking at the ash and the residue behind. What was this is now ash or residue. Or if you, in the case of gases, what might burn will burn to nothing. It'll leave no trace, maybe just trace elements or minerals. And so you're really wanting to get the idea of change metamorphosis and how it dies into becoming something else as do we all the time. This is the role of being a human being. We're constantly dying into becoming something else. When we have a fixed thought about the world, let's just say the fixed thought about teaching chemistry, that it needs to be perfect and it needs to be experimental and you need to have a hypothesis and you need to teach it this way or the children will be not well served. That could be a dead thought because what you've forgotten here is the curiosity behind the experiment in the first place. So you go in behind it and go into the gravity of it. Why are you teaching chemistry anyway? What's the purpose of it? Is it so that they understand the lime cycle or the combustion process? Or is it to actually work with change and metamorphosis? Because that's what's going on right now all around us. 
that's what's going on astronomically. You would understand that if you were teaching astronomy. There is death and rebirth going on simultaneously all the time in the cosmos, right? From the birth of a new galaxy and star to the death of one going into a nebula and gases over eons of years. And now we're just beginning to understand that. But what's happening with us and the rock cycle of the Earth? Constantly, you go into geology and you're going, wow, okay, so is it all the same thing? Magma that comes out of a volcano that turns into metamorphic and igneous rock that breaks apart, rolls down that hill, because usually a volcano is high, and it rolls down and becomes sedimentary with what? Water and bacteria, life, which dies and is born again and dies. And, and it's got all those layers and it creates sedimentary rock. And then, oh my God, the opposite of volcanoes, earthquakes. So now we have something erupting. And what's the opposite of that? Something subducting. So the whole earth is going through this breathing process of erupting and subducting as are we all the time when we breathe in and out play of opposites. So how do we work our still point into that play of opposites, into that alcid and alkaline, into the rock cycle of dying and to becoming? How do we do that? How do we find our relationship to it? Because we are all, all of it. And the 13 year old is that magma, right? That's why we often teach combustion. They want to, they're little firecrackers. I had a lot of 13-year-olds go off and start mini fires with their firecrackers. They, especially the 13-year-old boy, but could be a girl too, just really fascinated with explosion. What's an explosion of a new idea for them? You leave inquiry, you leave it open, you're giving the experiment, they observe. We bring back the personal and we say, oh my goodness, look what's happening here. When we're looking at teaching Anything, teaching through the opposites, is the pH of teaching, is the acid and the alkaline of teaching. And always remember that. And when we as teachers get tired, I think we're tired because we're over-intellectualizing the situation. And we want to be good. And we want to give the kids something good. But if you really want to give those kids something good, engage them in the process of discovery. And it's not even about your own enthusiasm, though it, it can and should be, and it can really pick up class when it is your own enthusiasm. But if you can get the kids excited, you've really scored as a teacher because you want the aha to go on for them. You do not want to give them the concept first. What you're wanting to do is layer it with discovery, layer things that you, you don't give the concept and say, this is the concept, we're going to prove it now. Wow. Boring. Boring. So, you know, let's, let's work with, wow, I have no idea what's going to happen, but let's take this, you know, blowtorch and heat up the limestone and see. Okay, let's just see what happens. And I'm not even sure because I've never done it before, class seven. And so we're going to see if this goes. And so, boom, you, you've got it going. And, and let's see if we, what happens when we put it in water. Okay, so memory is a whole other story. I'm noticing that memory is declining in children and in youth and in adults. 
I personally think it's the cell phone use next to our ear, electromagnetic rays going through our brains. But memory has definitely declined. I, I stop after only two or three things. I don't expect them to remember the entire thing anymore. I take it in small little bits. Who, who remembers how we started? With limestone, we had a blowtorch. So like scale it back rather than what did we do first, second, third? So what were the elements? What were the materials? Write that in your book. Rather than talk, 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 talk. We talk too much as teachers. And then we expect them to all write it down there. We confuse them. We need to participate a lot more. So, And so you're slowly building up your hypothesis of what you want, but they're doing it in participation and you're doing it like a guessing game. It also doesn't have to be systematic. You have to wake them up. And the role of the teacher is to not fill them up with a bunch of information. They can Google. They don't need to learn anything if they can Google, right? The role of a teacher is to actually remove all the obstacles that they have from learning. It might be lack of attention span. It might be that they were really tired that day. So you're going to remove obstacles so that they can see the experiment. I make everything into a game, right? Close your eyes, open them. What's missing? Close your eyes, open them. What changed? So you can do this in the classroom in a science experiment. They don't remember. You need to play a little bit more. And there you go. You've got the materials. You're waking them up because you're changing something that might be predictable and you're asking them for something else. You're waking up, lots of little wake-ups. You realize they're, they're slowly waking up to it and by doing it in a game format, they start to recall and remember things and they start having fun. It shouldn't be laborious, it should, you know, and if it is, then just change it up, make it more guessing game-like. At a certain point, if they really can't remember, they weren't engaged. You gave an experiment that was true and right. And by all rights, you taught a science lesson. And at one point, those kids might even remember something about it five years from now. But most likely, it's just gone into the background. If they ever go into the field in university of chemistry, they might recall that lesson and there it is, it's gone to sleep all those years and now it's waking up or it might just become a seed of something else. But what you really want to plant in there as a seed when you're doing a chemistry lesson in grade seven in a school, what you really want to remember is you want to engage them with the transformation of substance. That's what science is. It's change and movement and development and the human story and what are we experimenting with? How are we changing it? Why do we need to know? I always like to include just a little history. That's where the curriculum seal comes in over and over and over again. When did humanity learn that limestone could be dissolved in water? Do you know? It's always a little interesting. When I was teaching measurement in grade three, you might want to get into early forms of when humans started taking measuring. Well, they worked with the sun and the shadow of the sun, right? When we measured time, you look back at the human story and you say, why do we need to know this? When did we first learn to take these substances? Well, in Egypt, it was alchemy because they were constantly looking to change substance into gold. 
It was the philosopher's stone, right? So this idea that we're always looking for something else, and I would have to say we're still doing it. We're mining Mars, but now we're going into other planets, which is a good thing. The human being is constantly exploring. We're explorers, we're researchers, we're scientists, we're inventors, we're artists, we're creators. This is what you want to teach the children. Thank you for listening to Integral Teaching, presented by Teaching Into the Future, and I hope to see you again. If I piqued your interest, it would really help if you would rate my show either by a like or giving me your personal rating. I'm just starting out here, and I've got a whole lot more for you. So stay tuned for my next podcast.